threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Oh man, I gotta get myself together. Uh. We got a brand new... <laughs> <laughs> Got a brand new podcast, little studio board here, and it has like voice, yeah, uh, yep. effects on it. And I don't. We took about a half hour, and we're we sounded like chipmunks. We and couldn't we, stop. <laughs> we're you dying. should give them a little taste. Oh gosh, Cam, we'll never stop. Should we, we try it? Yeah, do it a little. <laughs> yeah, guys. So it goes without saying, prepping yes. requires forethought. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, Cam. You should keep going. Read okay, the whole thing. might as well. Okay. Self-reliant medical care is no exception. It's not. The, pre- the Prepper's Medical Handbook by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist William W. Forgey provides the basis MD, of prevention, MD. identification, long-term management mm-hmm. of survivable medical conditions. Sure. You got to get this book. It's going to teach you medicine in a week, and you're going to be able to do surgery and stuff. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's the coolest. <laughs> Dude, it is not that expensive. <laughs> no. And you can go and get it at Amazon.com yeah. or <laughs> PreppersMedicalHandbook.com. Uh, you are just full of good information today. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, go get your book. It's like the best book in the world. For sure, for sure. Holy crap. That's so weird. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. Everybody's just like, so what? So all we can hear is, like, you, it's weird because yeah. you can't hear your own voice. You just hear and that. there's a slight delay <sighs> with this. So I'll like, tell you, man. It sounds like I'm speaking, but I'm not. And you're not. But anyways, yeah, William W. Forgey, he has a great book. Go that get book it. is fantastic. You'll like it. Yeah. It's easy to read, and it goes perfect <laughs> with all of your other books. I guarantee it. So Cam, today, yeah. what, this is a this is a fun episode. It is a fun episode. I hope it's going to be fun anyways. I thought so. Started out great so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, we we wanted to call it the gentleman's UFO. Yeah. Because it's kind yeah. of, it's back in that time, mm-hmm. wearing suits when yeah. you go to work. Like, yeah. Top sick, hat, probably. Yeah, just look real good. Uh-huh. It kind of has that uh, steampunk to it. That's kind of what I Which I mean. think is really cool. Yeah. And that's very classy. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk sure. about uh, airship sightings. I had no idea that there were... I think like, we actually mentioned this a long, long time really? ago. Really? I don't episode. even remember talking about it. But anyways, cool stuff. Like, maybe you play Bioshock or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but this is very Bioshock-ish. Yeah. Right? Because these these sightings of these uh, airships were described very much like that. Like, they had, like, paddle wheel or, mm. like, steamboat engine stuff. And, yeah. You know, maybe guys wearing one monocular that's <laughs> yeah. all like that, like all plated. comes out or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but mystery airships, phantom airships, are a class of unidentified flying objects. So they are a UFO. Yeah, best known for their uh, from a series of newspaper reportings originating in the Western United States and spreading east during the 1896 and early 1897. That's where the bulk of them are. Yeah. But sightings have happened between 1880s and 1890s um, in other places, too. And we'll try and hit on some of the best of the best. Yeah. Some pretty funny stories. But um, I don't know why, like, this... I've never heard about this that much. Me either. Like, why uh, hasn't anybody talked about covered this? Covered up. Yeah. It's kind of funny, because it's... <laughs> It kind of goes, obviously, along yeah. with, like, technology and the time frame. It's sure like, does, yeah. Flying saucers would have blown their freaking minds. Oh, geez. And they don't even know how to describe it, so they're just like, 
It looks like a blimp, but it's got all <laughs> special stuff on it. Yeah. So um, it has been frequently argued that mystery airships are unlikely to represent test flights of real human manufactured dirigibles. How yeah. do you say that? I've never dirigibles. Even, I don't never know. ever use that word. There's a couple of words in this one. I'm like, how do you say that? I'm not a gentleman. I don't have no, this no, kind no. of education. As no record of successful, sustained, or long-range airship flights are known from the period, and it would have been impossible, not to mention irrational, to keep such things uh, a secret. Yeah. The thing is weird, like, I think blimps are the weirdest thing in the world anyway. Dude. Like, a big old floating balloon covered in, like, Why we metal. still have them today is what weirds me out. Like, <laughs> what on earth are we still doing yeah, with blimps? Yeah, it's like... We are way above that. There's drones that can fly and do okay. Yeah, well, let's just do it a gigantic balloon. Like, gigantic. Goodyear's like, don't let it go. We want to keep it. A little tiny thing at the bottom, that's where we'll sit in. I know. It's like, what? Just like seeing pictures of World War II and them all like at, yeah. at the, uh, you that's, know. That's pretty ominous, D-Day, though. Think I'm about like, that. so weird. Think if you're a soldier and you oh, see yeah. like a big-ass blimp coming across. You're just like, oh, God. That's true. That's creepy. It's going to drop a bunch of bombs. Yeah, that's that's scary. Um, Spooky scary. <laughs> Werewolf bomb mitzvah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, however, there there were in fact several functional airships mm-hmm. manufactured before the 1896-1897 reports. Solomon Andrews made the successful test flight of his Arion. 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 A A Ron. That's weird. Eighteen sixty three. That's a long time ago. Wow. But their capabilities were far more limited than the mystery airships. Yep. These ones were complex. Oh yeah, these Ooh. these suckers. Woo. Yeah. Reese and others noted that. The contemporary American newspapers of the yellow journalism era mm-hmm. were more likely to print manufactured stories and hoaxes than are the modern news sources. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe. The editors of the late 1800s often would have expected the reader to understand that such sur- stories were false. Yeah, we're they talking about this a like, little more. This that's is crazy. so far-fetched. They're going to just take it as a joke. Nowadays, that doesn't happen. No, but that's but just still. crazy that that was a thing. We'll talk about it a little that bit is more. really weird. But like, ah, now we just put fake stories in. Yeah. Figure you figure it out. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What? Why? Yeah. Which okay. didn't go over well with like War of the Worlds. No, no, no. That was a, well, see, that one wasn't even <laughs> a news That was isolated, story. yeah. It was that more was, of a radio program, huh? Yeah, it was a radio program. That's super fascinating. But still, I want to like, do an episode people on that will one catch day. on, I do too. That one was really good. Most journalists of the period did not seem to take the airship reports very seriously. Mm-hmm. As after as after the major 1896-97 wave concluded, the subject quickly fell from the public consciousness. Yeah. The airship stories received further attention only after 1896-97 newspaper reports were largely rediscovered in the mid-60s. That's crazy. So I like know. 60 it's years like, later. Yeah, just brush them all. Yeah. Never happened. It was just a weird time. But they started to like really dig into them when UFOs became bigger and yeah. post World War II UFO sightings and things like that. So pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So basically, where this came from, um, November eighteenth, eighteen ninety six. This was kind of the first sighting, and the Sacramento Bee and the San Francisco Call reported this. They say the witnesses reported a light moving slowly over Sacramento on the evening of November seventeenth. It's creepy. Oh, it's creepy. My gosh, lights Can you don't imagine? move back then. There's no planes. No. Yeah, there's nothing. So it's like. <laughs> what is that? What is happening? So big firefly. It was a thousand foot in elevation, is where they said they saw it. Um, give or take. Give or take. I don't know. Some witnesses say they could see a dark shape behind the light. Okay. So like there was, you know, there was a light, something. but it was attached to something. Yeah. Is kind of what they were saying, right? So November nineteenth, eighteen ninety six edition of the Stockton, California Daily Mail featured one of the earliest accounts of an alleged alien craft sighting. 
Uh, Colonel H.G. Shaw. H.G. Shaw. Uh, H.G. Shaw. He claimed that while driving his buggy through the countryside near Stockton, he came across what appeared to be a landed spacecraft. So it was like on the ground. Uh, Shaw described it as having a metallic surface which was completely featureless apart from a rudder and pointed ends. Ooh. <clears throat> it's not really the best description. <laughs> it's pointed as metal. It's got a rudder. Okay. Gotcha. Got to figure it out. Anything else? Now, yeah, the diameter was 25 feet, and the vessel was around 150 feet in total length. So it was big boy. That's a big boy. It wasn't just a little one. <clears throat> Here's where it gets nuts. Three slender, seven-foot-tall <laughs> apparent extraterrestrials were said to approach from the craft while emitting a strange warbling noise. <laughs> Is warbling used anywhere but <laughs> with, it's, Is it ever used outside of like yeah. UFOs and extra? I, not much though. Warbling. Yeah, it's like just warbling. <laughs> what do you think they were saying? Well, I mean, it's just like a noise, do you I think? Don't know. I don't know. That is weird. Right? <laughs> yeah. The beings reportedly examined Shaw's buggy. So looked at his buggy. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> old new wheels. <laughs> they had a new Model T. <clears throat> I mean, what kind of buggy did they have back then? Good one. I don't know. And then tried to physically force him to Horse accompany them back to the airship. So they were just like physically taking him back to their thing. But wow. the aliens were said to give up after realizing they lacked the physical strength to force Shaw Aboard. He's a tough dude. Huh? I know. This is, this is what I was imagining him saying. Hell, I was state half back two years in a row. No slender Mars man could get me in their ship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably what he I said ain't to the people. with you, boys. Nah, nah, Big boy. slender week. I got to get this buggy downtown. What do you think? <laughs> I'm just going to go to Mars with you, you on your blimp ship. <laughs> you want to race? Get that blimp ship up in the air. No, yeah. Old Bessie, she can beat you any day of the week. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. He's yeah. like, I'm too tough. Too tough. Couldn't give me three of them. Seven three. foot tall. No muscle. Just yeah. Leanness. I guess just lean, mean, flying <laughs> Green Martian machines, machines. <laughs> warbling machines. So this is yeah. Um, a lot so, of these other reports we'll talk about. Yeah. So this that one humanoid. So that one was basically their thinking is the first published account of like an explicitly extraterrestrial beings yeah. attempting to kidnap humans and take them away. That's the tip. That's the beginning. Yeah. Um, so that's crazy. I, I kind of find it like pretty fascinating and creepy too. Like thinking of that era and just like a blimp, like a light, yeah, in the dark. Like I don't know. It sounds kind of cool. Oh, I do really? Kind of like sound that, cool. like that style. Um, here's another one. Okay, the mystery light uh, reappeared over Sacramento on the evening of November twenty first, eighteen ninety six. So this was, was like just a couple days later. Yeah, it was also seen over Folsom, San Francisco, Oakland, Modesto, Menteca. Sub- Sebastopol? That's not Is that real. still there anymore? That ain't a real And several city. other cities later that same evening and was reportedly viewed by hundreds of witnesses. Okay. I did not find any of these other hundred witnesses. <laughs> but could not just, corroborate just, this. Yeah, let's just say that happened. One witness from Arkansas, uh, allegedly a former uh, state senator. I know, there was nothing else that happened with that, I guess. Was he in Arkansas or just from Arkansas and saw this? One witness from Arkansas. Okay. Allegedly. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's got to be in San Francisco, Sacramento. I would area, think right? so, yeah. 
was supposedly told by an airship pilot during oh. the tensions leading up to the Spanish-American War. The craft was bound for Cuba oh. to use its Hotchkiss gun and kill Spaniards. We're going to kill these Spaniards <laughs> with a Hotchkiss gun. <laughs> hey, Senator Harris, we're <laughs> heading out there. We're going to kill some Spaniards. Look at this Hotchkiss gun. Huh? Heck yeah. In one account from Texas... Texas always has some good reports. Oh, they do, man. Three men reporting an encounter with an airship uh, and with five peculiar, peculiarly, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a tough <laughs> that's one. That's a tough one, yeah. Uh, dressed men who asserted they were descendants of the lost tribes of Israel <laughs> and <laughs> who had learned best. English <laughs> from the 1553 <laughs> North Pole expedition led by Hugh Willoughby. What? Such a weird... Ah, oh, man. This had to have been like Mormons or something. All right, it's like, how would you come up with that story? Listen, okay, we got, we met some guys. Yeah. How we they were in an airship. Yeah, they had an airship. That's a good one. We'll start. Write that down. Yeah. We got an airship. Yeah. And they were dressed peculiarly. <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> right? Um, and they, they were from Lost Tribes of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weirdest <laughs> thing to throw in there. Wait, 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 wait. But they spoke English. How did they speak English, though? Well. Wait. Everybody knows most people learned English from the 1553 <laughs> North Pole expedition. Oh, that old Hugh Willoughby. Yeah, that's how we. That's how we'll explain it. So weird. Gosh, that so was a weird crazy. one. Yeah, it is weird. Um, on February second, eighteen ninety-seven, the Omaha Bee. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just a bee. <laughs> yeah. Reported an airship sighting over Hastings, Nebraska, the previous day. So okay. sightings in different places. Sure. Not yeah. a lot of story with some of these. An article in the Albion uh, Weekly, which is fable, I think. Um, game. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, reported that two witnesses saw an airship crash just inches from where they were standing. How does it crash inches from, like... Hey. It, the huge airship it's a miracle. crashed inches. Well, that's, that's why. This is different. Okay. The airship um, suddenly disappeared with uh-huh. a man standing where the vessel had been. I like oh, this it's one. it's a transformer. The airship pilot showed the man a small device that supposedly enabled him to shrink the oh. airship small enough to store the vessel in his pocket. <laughs> oh, man. So he just like lands, he's like, Boop. that's my ship right there. Look at that, push that button, I can see take what happens. it into town and go right back out. How, <laughs> how nice would that be? Right here in my breast pocket. Like, where do I park here at Walmart? <sighs> just get out, whoop, yeah. put it in your pocket, go yeah. in and buy some stuff, come out. Turn it back in. That's EDC right there. <laughs> that is. <laughs> you know? It's an EDC airship. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was pretty cool. So, anyways, Push that's the why they see didn't what get happens. hurt. He crashed. He didn't really crash. He just landed rough, turned it right into a <laughs> landed little Landed rough. Make sure to take it out of your pocket before you hit the button. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a problem. Yeah. You got to stand back about <laughs> yeah. 250 yards. Then yeah. you hit your button. You got to be careful. This ain't a toy. This is ahead of its time. But, hey. Ain't no Hotchkiss gun. I'm going to show you guys. Little, little, little. <laughs> Ain't no Hotchkiss gun, but it'll get a job I done. I call it a Polly Pocket. <laughs> you like that? Pocket, poly. Micro machine. <laughs> yeah. Transformer. That's where know. the word first came from. Yeah. Um, a rival newspaper, the Wilson Review, mm. playfully claimed that its own editor, an additional witness to the incident, uh, was an additional uh, witness, and that he heard the pilot say, We've erect roof erbiscus, or erbiscus. And the phrase he allegedly heard is subscribe for the review spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. They're like, oh, German? No, it's yeah. just subscribe uh, for the review backwards, backwards. which is kind of weird. Is April weird. April 10th, 1897, the St. Louis Post dispatched, uh, dispatch published a story reporting that one W.H. Hopkins. W.H. Hopkins. Everybody sounds like a writer back I then. I know. 
encountered a grounded airship about 20 feet in length and 8 feet in diameter near the outskirts of Springville, Missouri. Oh. Uh, the vehicle was apparently propelled by three large propellers a crew and crewed by a beautiful nude woman and bearded man, also <laughs> nude. Oh, man. <laughs> Hopkins attempted with some difficulty to communicate with the crew in order to ascertain their origins. Hey, hey, you two. <laughs> hey. What, wait, you with the ding dong out. What's hey, your name? Show us your t- you already are. You guys got a Hotchkiss gun up there? <laughs> nice Hotchkiss gun, buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. Eventually, they didn't mm. respond to it. Yeah. Eventually, they understood what Hopkins was asking of them, and they both pointed to the sky and uttered something that sounded like, we're Mars. And then... <laughs> Mars. <laughs> That's all they could say. Mars. <laughs> I just love how he's like uttered something. Sound, I yeah. sound kind of like Mars. Could have been Mars. Could have been bars. Could have been Lars. <laughs> could have been Fars. I don't know. He's just like with the naked one. He's like Mars, <laughs> and up they went and away. Hi-ya. Anyways, hmm. that's a good story. Sure. April fifteenth, near Kalamazoo, Michigan, there were reports that the airship had crashed and exploded. Another rap. They declare the report to have been like that of heavy ordnance and to have been immediately su- uh, succeeded by a distant sound of pro- projectiles flying through the air. Like it got shot mm. down or something. On April 16th, I don't know. They didn't go and find it. They didn't find anything about it. They just witnessed a crash. There are several of the stories that are kind of weird just like end, that. Right? They just yeah. end, right? just end. I witnessed a crash, fireball, bunch of debris. Yeah, I just, Went home that night. I had to go. Di- I was going to be late for dinner. I had to go home. <laughs> The horses were startled. I had to get home. (laughs) It's my daughter's birthday. I couldn't go find a UFO ship. Okay. I was looking for a nude woman on an airship. Didn't find one. Bearded man with a ding-a-ling hanging out. Said Mars. That's it. What else do you need? (laughs) How much more do you need from this report? My gosh, I I got things to do. (laughs) Write it down. I'm out of (laughs) here. Don't put my name on that, by the way. <laughs> Just do WH. I don't want to know the first name. No more William ha- Han- Hank. William I Hank. want my family to be ashamed of me. <laughs> Cover up my wife will know I saw that naked lady, and I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she ain't going to believe me. She's going to be pissed. Do not say a word. <laughs> I added the man in there. At the I'm going to get her now to make it normal. I'm going to go get some flowers for her just in case. <laughs> I don't know. I already feel in trouble. <laughs> I'm already in trouble. <laughs> you dumb bastard, get out of here. I already wasted too much time. Uh, April 16th, 1897, a story published by the Table Rock Argus. I'd read that. Yeah. Claimed that a group of anonymous but reliable witnesses (laughs) (laughs) had seen. Always. Who knows who they are, but they're reliable. Oh, these guys, they're good, good boys. Don't worry. (laughs) They're police. Can't tell you their name. Witness that they had seen an airship sailing overhead. The craft had many passengers. The witnesses Uh claimed that among these passengers was a woman. Tied to a chair. Oh, okay. And a woman attending her and a man with a pistol guarding their apparent prisoner. Oh, crap. Before the witness thought to contact authorities, there she gone. <laughs> I didn't think of contact. So this one's very different. Yeah. <laughs> one with a naked woman and guy, and this one, they're holding a woman hostage. Jeez, man. Who knows what's going on up there? How the about this, this? is an account from Aurora, Texas, another Texan one, related uh, in the Dallas Morning News, April 19th, 1897. A couple days before... An airship had smashed into a windmill, later determined to be, sense. to be a sump pump. I don't know what the, <laughs> like how they got that figured up. <laughs> nah, that wasn't no windmill. That is sump pump. 
Very different. Yeah, and they must have like sump pumps that. Yeah, use, they but, were belt driven by. Yeah, but it was belonged to Judge Proctor, and it crashed. Um, this came from another article talking what about was the same the thing. The sump pump was belonged to him, or the yeah, okay, sump pump the slash windmill. Yeah, from another article, it talked. It said it sailed over the public square, and when it reached the north part of town, it collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill and went into pieces with a terrific explosion, scattering debris over several acres of ground, wrecking the windmill. And water tank and destroying the judge's flower Dang garden. <laughs> flower garden went down, <laughs> unfortunately. The occupant was dead and mangled, but the story reported that the presumed pilot was clearly not an inhabitant of this world. So they actually had uh, an alien. That's oh, what they're wow. saying. Yeah. yeah. Strange hieroglyphic figures were seen on the wreckage, which resemble a mixture of aluminum and silver and must have weighed several tons. In the 20th century, usual metallic material recovered from the presumed crash site was shown to contain a percentage of aluminum and iron admixed. The story ended by noting that the pilot was given a Christian burial in the town cemetery. <laughs> they, did, so, uh, they just buried the UFO, uh, the alien. <laughs> they just had a cemetery, like a freaking this funeral Dig form. Where is him up? Do some bowling. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Okay. So from a local paper... Um, Mr. T.J. Weems, the U.S. Army Signal Service officer at the place and authority of on astronomy, gives it as his opinion that the pilot was a native of planet Mars. So this is in the paper. Yeah. Um, and they said, Papers found on his person, evidently the records of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphics and cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or motive of power. It was built of an unknown metal resembling somewhat a mixture of aluminum and silver. And shiny. It, yep. Just it shiny. must have weighed several tons. The town today is full of people who are viewing the wreckage and gathering specimens of strange metal <laughs> from the debris. So they just let the townsfolk go grab it. <laughs> she pouring tea <laughs> yeah. on there. It's just like a... This will work good for our oven, honey. It's like a Black Friday sale it's at Walmart. It's a cookie sheet. <laughs> it's cookie sheet. Make all yeah. kinds of stuff with Start that. Start fire with this, maybe. Honey, we can repair the ox shed Yeah. With this. Maybe we can fix old windmill up there that it broke with this. I don't Christmas know. is coming. Kids are going to love this metal. <laughs> yeah. Give them each a little piece. Throw it around the yard. <laughs> Bang on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it sound like thunder. <laughs> yeah. Use it as a sled in the winter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They got all kinds of... Yeah. You know, grab a couple extra pieces. <laughs> grab one for me. I might like so it. So they just, like, buried the pilot and then just yeah. disassembled the wreckage. Yeah. Didn't, like, uh -huh. report it to really anybody. And so the, it actually had, like, a gravestone and everything, and they had a they had a, they had had a a funeral for it. So in 1973, MUFON, Ooh. so the uh, Mutual UFO Network, the, their investigators discovered the alleged stone marker used in the burial. This is like in 1973, so like how many years later? When was this? It's almost 100 1897. years 1897. 85 years later or something? Their metal detectors indicated a quantity of foreign material that might remain buried there. <laughs> so, um, however, they were not permitted to exhume. So, they tried to get permission. They finally got permission to exhume it. And when they returned several years later, the headstone and whatever metallic material had been laying beneath it was gone. So, they detected it? Yeah. Went back to get it and it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Isn't that nuts? I've That's never cool. heard... How have I never heard a story like this? I don't like know. This? That's a great story, It's though. insane. 
It's a very good mystery. Yeah. Whew, I don't know, man. Man, that's know. a good one. Man, I miss, I wish I lived in a town like that. Mm-hmm. They, they just like everybody by name. It's like, oh, hell, that's Judd Proctor's windmill <laughs> on fire. Yeah, I know. Like everybody knows everybody. Old, yeah. Old Doc Hardy, that's on his street. <laughs> man, that's just down there. <laughs> yeah. Or by the Coon Rats old place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Coon Rats Sr., not the junior. <laughs> yeah. Kids they all idiot. live right by each other. Yeah. Um, an account by Alexander Hamilton. So is this of, like the president? Yeah. Alexander Hamilton? It never says. But never I, says. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Of Leroy, Kansas. I don't think he's from there. Oh, 1897. Probably not no. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Supposedly, everybody didn't were kid Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> Every Hamilton's got an Alexander in their family. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like Utah, but he's got a Joseph and, yeah, and a Nephi and Hiram Lehi. <laughs> Supposedly, or Brigham. There's always Brigham, a Brigham. There's always a Brigham. Yeah. Yep. Supposedly occurred around April nineteenth, eighteen ninety seven, and was published in the Yates Center Farmers Advocate yeah. of April twenty three. It's a good book. Oh, it's a good it. old. It's love a good it. one. Uh, Hamilton, his son, and a tenant uh, witnessed an airship hovering over his cattle pen. Gosh dang it. Upon closer examination, the witnesses realized um, that a red cable from the airship had lassoed a heifer. (laughs) 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 Love that. (laughs) But had also become entangled in the pen's fence. It's like, oh, Dang it. Give it more wind power. Dally off. Dally off. We got to pull this one pretty good. Extend the lightning rods. We got to pull this heifer up. Full power ahead. Full <laughs> Mars <laughs> power. <laughs> After trying, take your clothes off. You gotta shed some weight. Wiggle your ding dong around. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> Add some wind power. <laughs> wind power. Called the helicopter. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't exist yet. Judge Proctor's watching. <laughs> <laughs> After trying unsuccessfully to free the heifer, Hampton cut loose a portion of the fence heifer. and then stood in amazement to see the ship, cow, and all rise slowly and sail off. Oh, man, heifer. Just to, I, was, I had to say this because it just reminded me of it. When I was in high school, I had a biology teacher called all the girls heifers in the class. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought about that, but now I just think about it. Yeah, all you heifers come over a here. Teacher did. Yeah. Every time every time you talked about women, Something girls could not go <laughs> No. All them heifers over there there. Oh uh, my anyways. gosh. That's awesome. The heifers are going to grade the papers. Anyways, <laughs> move on. Um so here the this is the uh hired hands report. Oh, yeah. The Yates Center Farmers Advocate printed the story. Last Monday night about 10:30, said Mr. Oh no, this is Hamilton. I thought it was his little helper uh. guy. We were awakened by a noise among the cattle. I mm-hmm. rose, thinking that perhaps my bulldog was performing some of his pranks. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of dog performs uh, pranks? This bulldog. But upon he going putting, to... <laughs> he's been putting dog poop in a bag on my porch. Lighting her on fire. <laughs> he's driving me nuts. So you put cellophane on the toilet last night. <laughs> and it looks like all the cows are dead. That bulldog's up to no good again. <laughs> Pranking away, pranking away. <laughs> but upon going to the door, <laughs> saw to my utter astonishment, airship slowly descending upon my cow lot, about 40 y- rods from the house. <laughs> I don't know, he's about 40 rods <laughs> east. <laughs> bunch of, I don't know, a bunch of rods. <laughs> this is like his measurements are his own. Let me grab my rod real quick. I'll tell you how far out <laughs> she was. You ain't going to believe it. But <laughs> I got to count 40. <laughs> I laid it down, walked to the end, picked it up, put it down again. Yep. 40 rods. 40 rods. Mm -hmm. Calling my tenant, (laughs) 
Gid Hislip and my son Walt, we seized some, we seized some axes and ran to the corral. Meanwhile, the ship had been descending until it was not more than 30 feet. Now he's using above the ground. Or four rods. <laughs> and we came within 50 yards. Feet, yards, and rods. Oh, my god! Using gosh. them all. What's the one they use in the Bible all the time? Uh, oh, yeah. What is it? The measurement. Oh, I now I can't think of it. It's been a long time. Yeah, and read the Bible in a few years. It consisted of a great cigar-shaped portion, possibly 300 Kid. feet long, with a carriage underneath. The carriage was made of glass or some, mm. s- some other transparent substance uh, alternating with a narrow strip of some material. It was brilliantly lighted. Mm. Within the within, and everything was plainly visible. It was occupied by six of the strangest beings I ever saw. <laughs> they were jabbering together, <laughs> but we could not understand a word they said. All them heifers are up there talking in that thing. <laughs> Probably talking about my cows. My buddy Gid. My son Walt. <laughs> Gid. Get Gid. Gid up. Get over here. Get up. Get over here. Every part of the vessel, which was not transparent, was a dark reddish color. Mm-hmm. We stood mute with wonder and fright. When some noise attracted their attention and they turned... I feel like he's at the bar telling this story. Oh, he is. Guarantee it. Their attention and turned the light directly upon us. Swung that spotlight around. Immediately on catching sight of us, they turned on some unknown power and a great turbine wheel at about 30 feet in diameter, uh, which was slowly revolving below the craft, began to buzz, and the vessel rose as lightly as a bird. When about 300 feet above us, it seemed to pause and hover directly... Uh, over a two-year-old heifer, well, that which heifer was bawling no and two jumping, years old. <laughs> which was bawling and jumping, apparently fast in the fence. Going to her, we found a cable about half an inch of thickness, made of some red material, mm. fastened a slip knot around her neck. Jeez, he was going to pick it up by its neck. The devil's rope. <laughs> That's what Gid called it. One end passing. Look, got a rope burn from right here, boys. Everybody yeah. look at that. Yeah. Going to her, we've uh I already said that. <laughs> Let me get another drink. Round on me, boys. Okay. Um Okay. We tried to get it off, but we could not. So we cut the wire loose and stood in amazement to see the ship, heifer and all, rise slowly disappearing in the northwest. The heifer? We, well, I thought they cut the rope loose. They cut the fence loose. Oh, the fence. So it pulled up the I heifer. See. Um, they saw it disappearing in the northwest. We wow. went home, but I was so frightened I could not sleep. Rising early Tuesday, I started out by horse, hoping to find some trace of my cow. <laughs> this is uh, this I failed to do, but coming back in the evening, found that Link Thomas. Oh my gosh, Link! <laughs> yeah, is cool. his name about three or three or my three or so miles west of Leroy, and had found the hide, legs, and head in the field that day. He thinking someone had butchered a stolen beast had brought the hide to town for identification, but was greatly mystified um, in not being able to uh, find any tracks in the soft ground. I don't know, Mr. Hamilton, but this might be the remnants of your two-year-old <laughs> yeah. heifer. Did you say you're missing a heifer? <laughs> I got bad news. For I you. got bad news. I Good came, news for the leather I, worker in town. I came across a heifer this morning. <laughs> Just the skin in the head. Yeah. But every, every um, time I would drop to sleep, I would see the cursed thing, and it was and it's mm. big lights and hideous people. Yeah, I don't know whether they were devils or angels uh, or what, but we all saw them. My whole family saw the ship, and I don't want any more to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> that oh was a gosh. long story, but it was a good one. The part that you, I think you skipped it, is this my is like the earliest favorite. Um, in nineteen. 19- 82, however, UFO oh, researcher yeah. Jerome Clark debunked this story and confirmed via interviews. <laughs> I left it out on purpose. <laughs> oh, did you? No. 
and Hamilton's own affidavit that the story was a successful attempt to win a Liars Club competition to create the most outlandish tall tale. <laughs> but it That's was hilarious. during that time. Maybe he had heard Maybe. of the ones in the Northwest yeah, or something. But it's pretty hilarious. It's a pretty good story. Oh, for sure. And for so, sure. yeah, him and Link and, and Gib scared to death. Leroy. I think they conjured it up and they're just like freaked out from then on about their own story scared themselves holy crap that really happened didn't it this is like my my one daughter at one point was telling scary stories in the dark and and freaking scared herself (laughs) so bad that's so funny when the kids do that they start talking they get all freaked out they're like i scared myself so guys we live in a mad mad world it's in constant change they're is no time like today to prepare for the uncertainties of tomorrow. And nothing prepares you for what's to come like proper nutrition. Whether you're adventuring, exploring, passing down traditions, or simply being smart and keeping your priorities and plans in order. It's all the same. Introducing Nutrient Survival, top shelf, delicious, special ops grade nutrition designed to the nutritional standards of the U.S. military, but intended for people just like us. Made with real ingredients, made in America, to keep Americans healthy, strong, and alert. Perfect for today and ready for anything ahead. Cam was making some of this this weekend, weren't you? I did. Was it this weekend you were doing yep. that? Some triple Great max, stuff, man. testing some out. Yeah. I love their little packaging. Like it's The on-the-go packs are so awesome. Yeah, and you can I think you can get a sampler now, and they give you a free one, too, and like mm-hmm. of all those little pouches. But use our code instead of that. Use our code. Well, you should powers. probably get that, too, I don't with think our code, you don't do. you? Oh, you no. don't? Sons of... I know. Just kidding. Just get the 10% off of that Yeah, code. do it. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, they've got such good stuff, and it's super high quality, and that, and it has nutri- 40 essential nutrients. Yeah. That's where it comes down to. That's where the rubber meets the road, my friend. <laughs> right. So head over to Nutrient Survival. even the packaging's better than oh, yeah. all those Gosh. other ones. Use our code Casual Preppers. You're going to get 10% off your order at NutrientSurvival.com. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know... My kids were passing them around with their eyes shut, trying to decide what was inside. Uh-huh. They're like, "Oh gosh!" I had some laying out, and they're like, "Macaroni, <laughs> flour, powdered eggs." I was like, "Nice job, guys." Yeah, nice. So anyway, um, another report, real quick, is the most detailed report of the evening. Um, I don't know what that came from. I don't either. R. L. Lowry, a oh. former street railway, railway, railway employee. I died on a railroad. I, I work on a railroad. I'm working on a railroad. All the with one day. <laughs> um, who said he heard a voice from above call? Throw her up higher. She'll hit the steeple. He's <laughs> Irish. They're Irish. <laughs> when he looked up and saw two men seated on bicycle-like frames pedaling. Oh, That's what's so awesome. Lowry. <laughs> Further described the craft as being powered by two men exerting themselves on bicycle pedals. Like that makes sense. Above them was a cigar-shaped body of some length, a passenger compartment of sorts. And Lowry said that the thing had also had wheels at the sides that were like an old steamboat. Oh, so okay. The light was sense. mounted on the front mm. of the airship, so you know spotlight. Mm. Some witness reported the sound of singing as the aircraft passed overhead. That ain't creepy. Yeah. No. <laughs> bicycle boys in the sky screaming yeah. or singing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, like, thank you. I wonder what they were singing. I don't know. Nearer my <laughs> Some, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The story was in the newspaper the next day. <laughs> Claim they saw a flying airship. Strange tale of Sacramento men not addicted to <laughs> prevarication. Prevarication? Oh, Viewed yeah. an aerial courser as it passes over the city at night. What was it? 
Aerial Courser. Are they just trying to confuse people? Yeah, they are. Let's put a bunch of weird words in there and freak people out. So one San Francisco attorney nicknamed Airship Collins uh, (laughs) claimed that- Hey, I know everything about them. (laughs) They call me Airship Collins. I don't know. (laughs) I know so much about them. I'm nicknamed Airship. (laughs) You guys talking about airships? Well, you guys are in luck. Let me tell you, they call me Airship Collins. (laughs) You know who's going to know about this? Airship Collins. We ought to call him down to the pub and let him give us some information. uh... Anyways, he's a San Francisco attorney. He claimed he was representing the eccentric and wealthy inventor who had constructed the thing at a secret location, Oroville, just 60 miles north of Sacramento. But yet his nickname was Airship. Yeah. I know I the work guy. for him. I, I nickname myself. <laughs> Airship Collins. Yeah, he calls me Airship Collins. If you guys want to <laughs> call me that too, that's fine. I think he just throw people off and what he's doing. He's they, clever. Clever they, son of a bee. Did you just say Airship? Oh, yeah, that's, that's my assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I told Collins, Airship Collins. I call him. <laughs> he, according to Collins, the Airship was 150 feet long and could carry 15 passengers. It was built on the aeroplane system, whatever that means, and has two <laughs> canvas wings, 18 feet wide and a rudder shaped like a bird's tail. Mm. Mm. I saw the thing ascend about 90 feet under perfect control. When the mysterious inventor never appeared, Collins found himself the object of ridicule and he backed off his earlier claims. So old airship Collins was just a liar. Blown just out a of... friggin' liar. That's yeah. all he was. <clears throat> Another San Francisco attorney took his place, though, claiming that there was <laughs> not attorneys. <laughs> yeah, not one airship, but two. And they would be used to bomb Havana. William Henry Hart. <clears throat> Of all the places to bomb. <laughs> They're going to bomb Havana without guarantee it. <laughs> William Henry Hart, a former attorney general, stated... <laughs> Shrine by his wife in a buggy. Ain't going to bomb Havana, I guarantee you, honey. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's going to hell. Airship Kong don't know crap. Let me tell you what. <laughs> he tried to tell. He tried yeah. to tell. Come on, girl. William Henry Hart, a former attorney general, stated, When I have seen of it... I have not the least doubt that it will carry four men and 1,000 pounds of dynamite. <laughs> That's the perfect voice yeah. to use. <laughs> no. Hart's airship was made was never made public either, and by early December, the lawyer, as well as the lights in the sky, had disappeared from the scene. Screw, they ain't ready for this bomber. Mm. Never mind. We'll bring Flew it back in the old 1900s, probably. <laughs> probably make a kid show called Rescue Rangers. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Wasn't that a little airship? Yeah. yeah. Um... Charles Fort cited a mystery airship sighting in Copiapo, Chile. Mm. It was described as a gigantic, shining. Oh yeah, I should say it more like. Hey, he was described as a. I can't do it. Can't do the Mexican. That's all right. I mean, he was described as a gigantic shining bird uh, driving by a noisy motor. That's all it said. It's super crazy, bro. He's like, like a bird. He's a shining bird with a noisy motor, man. In the sky, very high. <laughs> it's from Mars, probably. It's pretty crazy, eh? I think it's going to Havana, probably. His name was Charles Fort, though, in Chile. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. He might be just I'm, hanging out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe he doesn't have that accent, man. <laughs> in a variation of the Maybe he's Italian, huh? <laughs> maybe. In the Chile. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> In a variation of a usual airship on July 29, 1880, two witnesses in Louisville, Kentucky, yep. saw a flying object descri- described as a man surrounded by machinery which he seemed to be working with his hands, <laughs> something, <laughs> with wings protruding from its back. Merely a month later, a similar sighting happened in New Jersey. It was written at a New York t- at the New York Times that 
It was apparently a man with bat's wings and improved frog legs. <laughs> the monster waved its wings in answer to a whistle of a locomotive. <laughs> <laughs> that bat, that bat frog man's talking to the train. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's a mix of about everything there. So anyway, if you ever see that flying through the bat wings, frog legs, answers to whistles, answers to whistles of the locomotive. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. It's just falling along the locomotive. Yeah. So now we move into the 1900s, 1909 to 1913. There were a series of mystery airship sightings in 1909 in New England, New Zealand, and various European locations. Later reports even came from the United Kingdom. This is in 1912 and 1913. However, by this time, airship technology was well advanced. Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin... That's crazy that that was actually his name. I know. Had been flying his massive passenger-carrying airships for nearly a decade by then, making the prospect that these may have been a small private airships rather than evidence of extraterrestrial visitation or newspaper hoaxes more reasonable. No, no. Not as interesting. Wallace Tillinghast of (laughs) a Massachusetts businessman gained notoriety for claims he was responsible for the 1909 wave due to an airship he had built, but his claims were never substantiated. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if anybody can be a one of those. It's old Wallace. It's old Wallace Tillinghast. Yeah, old man Tillinghast, he's got the skills. He's a weird He's he just crazy enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, a report from Watahaki, um held that the machine was being operated by a woman. Yeah. And the observer thought his satanic majesty or Beelzebub, Beelzebub, Beelzebub had something to do with his traveler in the lower stratum of that ether. That is weird. It's like Beelzebub. Yeah, Beelzebub uh, had something to do with this traveler in the lower stratum of ether. <laughs> okay. All right. That is good. That's some. That's a good quote. In right Farmersville, there. an eyewitness saw three men in the cabin and heard singing, "Near my God to thee." <laughs> no, that's why. That's why I thought you were singing it. Uh, I should have. The trio. <laughs> I didn't even know. That's oh, weird. really? It must have just been like in your subconscious. Titanic. Yeah. The trio reportedly also was passing out temperance tracks. Okay. What's that? I don't know. Okay. It's my CD. <laughs> you can find us on MySpace. See ya. <laughs> um, Near my God to the our new single. <laughs> the way you said it's like not a big deal. Yeah. Near my God to the... New single track. New single. Remix. Remix version. <laughs> Is that a train I hear? <laughs> Frog legs jump. Boys, up. let's go. I see the bat signal. Um, as Okay. As we might expect, not all North Texans were convinced of the authenticity of the reports. In Enos, I guess that's a town. <laughs> yeah. Dr. E. Stewart. Oh, an acknowledged authority in metaphysics. Metaphysics? Passed, passed off the reported <laughs> sightings due to hypnotism and bad whiskey. <laughs> I'm a master of metaphysics, Dr. E. Stewart. Let's ask him what he thinks. Yeah, it's just hypnotism and bad whiskey. Now, I, I can get you guys to see an ear. You guys right now. listen to a lecture? <laughs> I got a brand new CD near my God to thee. <laughs> when questioned about the feasibility of man flight, an aeronautical authority in Dallas was asked if he had seen the ship. I have not, he asserted. I don't drink and never come downtown after dark. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good... Just wraps it up right there. Yeah. There was uh, speculation from several sources that the sightings were the first in the series of events heralding the final days of Earth as prophesied in the Bible. That's always Always a a great explanation. Yeah. Every... That's the end of the world. Every generation. I believe it was the prophet Uh, Josias who said... Let me tell you what. 
in the There's going to be airships in the sky. They told me when I was little. When you got a beam in your eye. <laughs> I think that was in scripture somewhere. <laughs> that was an exodus. Could have been Proverbs. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of the books we don't have. <laughs> Not books. in the canon. Might have been a song of Solomon. <laughs> don't read that Airships one much. in the sky, <laughs> beam in your eye. Guy. Don't ask me what it is. Ain't got shorts on his thigh. <laughs> Naked women. <laughs> You're going to be a sinning. <laughs> it's in Psalms. <laughs> Proverbs 21, 19. Brethren. <laughs> Brother Ren. Brother Run. Let's go. <laughs> run, everybody, run. That's coming. Frogman with the bat wings. Whistling at the train. Yeah. John yeah. the Beloved said once, <laughs> bat wings on a kite. Neighbor take flight. <laughs> Don't go out at night. Drink whiskey, make you fright. <laughs> yep, that's in there somewhere. That's John it. 16. I love how the Bible like rhymes everything now. It's like a one long poem. It all just blends in. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Texans always uh, have to one up each other, and the airship craze provided a perfect setting. Yeah. In Hill County, two farmers near Abbott did not see an airship, but they did witness a man and six boys float <laughs> from out of the sky. Uh, they drifted down as easily as gracefully as birds alighting uh, until <laughs> within a few feet of the ground, about 50 yards from us, they where they remained stationary a few seconds and rescinded into heaven out of sight. Good We gracious. didn't see the ship. We nope. saw him come down, though. Sure did. Floating people. Is that right, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> She's a beaut, Clark. <laughs> in late 1912 and 13, people all over Britain reported mm. seeing airships in the night sky, yet there were none. <laughs> it was widely assumed that these phantom airships were German zeppelins. Twas nothing but phantom airships. <laughs> Testing British defenses in preparation for the next war. The public and press responses to the phantom airship sightings <coughs> provide a glimpse of the way that aerial warfare was understood before it was ever experienced in Britain. Yeah, so. That makes sense. Yeah. Conservative new newspapers and patriotic leagues use the sightings to argue for a massive expansion of Britain's aerial forces. Got a bunch of airships coming. <laughs> Which was perceived to be con uh, completely outclassed by Germany's in both number and power. Yeah. In many ways, this airship panic was an analogous to the much better known 1909 dreadnought panic. Oh, yeah. I remember that one well. The result <laughs> was the perfect Ed Edwardian panic. The simultaneous... Have we even looked at any of that stuff? <laughs> no, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. The simultaneous mm, culmination of older fears about Germany and the threat of espionage invasion and above all the loss of Britain's naval superiority mm. so they're freaked out that they're going to control the air too yeah. with these airships so crazy there you go so not only in the United States in Sacramento area yeah. but it was all across the, the world, world people are freaking out about airships and stuff. you know what people are freaking out about right now the off the grid surplus they over sure and out hybrid shorts have you seen these cam good I want some lord you've got to listen um off the grid, I want some. Please send them. We need some right now. <laughs> I want to try them out. A hybrid short tailored for the off-the-grid lifestyle, Cam. Yeah. You, Cam, you are an adventurer <laughs> who needs yeah, your gear yeah, yeah. to keep up with your lifestyle. That's why off-the-grid surplus made the over-and-out hybrid short from the trail to the water. You don't always want to worry about being prepared with a dedicated swim trunk. Dude. Just put on your shorts and jump in the water. It doesn't matter. That's awesome. Come out of the water. Doesn't matter. Wear them all day. Doesn't matter. Sporting a nylon spandex blend. Shower with them on. Doesn't matter. No. 
This fabric will blow your mind by being lightweight and protecting against tears, scuffs, and abrasions. Four-way stretch fabric, crotch gusset, which we love. These shorts are versatile. They're stylish. As always, you get their EDC-friendly eight-pocket system and increased belt loop height. Subtle, but very functional. All right, from the beach to the campsite to a warm night on the town, these are the only shorts you need. It's true. Dude, I want these. I do too. I want them on my body. We have the hideout? No, no, no. I don't Havoc? remember. Yeah, I think it's the Havoc. Man, they're so nice. <clears throat> yeah. So these don't are, wear any of their shorts. Over and out hybrid shorts. Go check I'm them out. I'm sure it's similar material. Yeah. Um, check out their site, offthegridsurplus.com. Use our code casualpreppers15. You get 15% off. That's a great deal. Yeah. Great, great deal. So, Cam, let's try and explain what's going on Yeah, here. where do these come from? Yeah, so during the 1896-1897 wave... There were many attempts to explain the airship sightings, including suggestions like we've talked about, hoaxes, pranks, bulldog pranks, apparently, publicity stunts, hallucinations. Hallucinations. (laughs) One man suggested the airships were swarms of lightning beetles misidentified by observers. Lightning beetles. I didn't even know those existed. They don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure those were lightning beetles. You mean lightning bugs. Mm, lightning beetles don't exist. These guys <laughs> had too much whiskey. Um, <laughs> All right, <laughs> head home. It's time to go home. You good to drive <laughs> your buggy back? Do you need a ride? <laughs> Give me those keys. Jacobs believes that many airship tales originated with enterprising reporters perpetuating journalistic hoaxes. So this is what we were talking about earlier. He notes that many of these accounts are easy to identify because of their tongue-in-cheek tone and accent on the sensational. Furthermore, in many such newspaper hoaxes, the author makes his intent obvious by saying in the last line that he was writing from an insane asylum or something to that effect, which would be a great thing to hear at the end of your uh, article. Yeah. Um, Another article said journalistic hoaxes, even in the largest newspapers, were standard fare. Readers were expected to guess about which stories were true and about which were fictional. Almost every small town had a liar club where tales were swapped. Dude, I wish they had liar clubs now. Oh, they do. It's called Congress. <laughs> um, but no, can you think about like going to a lie? Like all you did was go and lie? Yeah. And just like say a bunch of dumb crap? Yeah, just do whatever. There's yeah. no repercussion. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah, it'd be really fun. In addition, as today, practical jokers did not hesitate to send balloons lighted with candles into the sky or kites with lanterns if they thought they could put one over on the public. Others may have created crash sites complete with debris. One newspaper, the Piora Transcript, sent up lighted colored paper balloons to test people's imaginations. And a number of airship sightings were the result <laughs> of that, of course. Let's see what comes with this. Yeah. Let's see what, what kind you of think information <laughs> we're going to get. Yeah. We see a story. Call. What should we do? Mm. We'll just float something up in the sky and see what happens. Yeah. That's true. That's going to probably trigger a lot of... Yeah. I've seen stuff just here in Vernal, like, floating. I'm like, what is that? Dude, I have too. Did I, I, like, it just looks like almost like a balloon, but it, it has the shape, like, a different shape than anything I've I ever saw seen. one one day, and I tried to get a picture of it. Like, this is, like, a typical sighting, but my camera wouldn't focus on it because it was, yeah. like, up in the air. Yeah. But and it was, like, a dark spot, kind of, like, roundish, but a little flat, just, like, floating. Probably a couple hundred when feet near. This? this was maybe two years ago. Oh, okay. Maybe three years ago. Because this year I saw something like we went to like laser tag and, and before we went in, I was like trying to figure out what it was. Because yeah. I was like, is that a hot air balloon? And and 
but it was too small and it didn't have a basket on it. But it was was it, it naked was, people? Yeah, <laughs> and there's two guys pedaling yeah. the bike on the bottom. They were singing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super weird. <laughs> but it was weird because like. Mm. For the distance, for how far away it was, yeah. like the clarity of like a regular balloon yeah. would, wouldn't have been that well, good. How so many, I was like, what is that? How many rods away do you think it was? Oh, man. <laughs> Easy, a 30 rod. Good 30 rod distance, yeah. probably. Yeah, and then 10 feet up, mm. 14 meters over. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How many inches, though, from the ground? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't throw that in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I've seen some weird stuff in the sky yeah. that makes you wonder. So back then, probably blew their minds when anything was up in the sky. For sure. Um. Human airships, some argued that the airships reported were genuine accounts. Okay. Steerable airships had been publicly flown in the U.S. since the Aeron in 1863. <laughs> a- the Aeron. And numerous inventors were working on airships and aircraft designs. The idea that a secretive inventor might have developed a viable craft and advanced capabilities with the focus of Jules Verne's 1886 novel, Rover the Conqueror. Hmm. Yeah, anyway. In fact, two French army officers and engineers, Arthur Krebs and Charles Renard, Renard. <laughs> had successfully flown in an electric-powered <laughs> airship called La France, <laughs> La France, as early as 1884, making no fewer than seven successful flights in the craft over an 11-month period. Renard, so they were there the and around, and mm. there were people mm. working on them privately. Arthur Krebs, Charles Renard. Flying in the uh, sky. Ah, come look at this. <laughs> Charles. Uh, this is we, very good. So we go to Havana. <laughs> the Americans will be very confused. <laughs> that, that was weird. Sounded, Nick. That sounded like almost German or something for a second. <laughs> um, and during the 1896-97 period, David Schwartz. Schwartz. He has the Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Built an aluminum-skinned airship in Germany that successfully flew over the Tempelhof field. Field before being irrep- uh, irreparably damaged. I've seen pictures of this one. Really? It's got like a weird nose on it, but it just looks like a blimp. Uh. So, um, reports of capabilities of the Californian Midwest <clears throat> air- airships cited in 1896 are true. It would have been considerably, considerably mm. more advanced than the airships built up to that time. Yeah. So, maybe it was some private builders. Who knows? The 1884 Krebs and Renard first fully controllable free flights with the La France, La France. electric dirigible near Paris. Claire. Several individuals like Lyman Gilmore and Charles Delchamp <laughs> were later identified as possible candidates for being involved in the design and construction of airships, although mm. little evidence was found in support of these ideas. So... Yeah. During that time, airships were kind of popular. Yeah. And they, they were, were a thing. actually being flown. So yeah. Who, not airships, in, like the ones that we're explaining. But So here's what I'm going who knows? with. How about just extraterrestrials? This is the funnest. Easy. This is exactly what happened. So early sources citing the extraterrestrial hypothesis, all from 1897, include the Washington Times, which speculated that the airships were a reconnoitering party from Mars. Mm. Of course. Just put it down, write it, put it in ink. They're from Mars. <laughs> yeah, it's always Mars. <laughs> yeah, in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which, which suggested of the airships, these may be visitors from Mars, fearful at the last of invading the planet they have been seeking. <clears throat> Interesting. We want that planet. This planet will be ours. <laughs> we are from Mars. We love the German people the most. We are from Mars. This planet will be ours. <laughs> Proverbs Get to 21. the airship. Get to the airship. 
Wie Barney geht von der Ersie. So is that. Um, in 1909, a letter printed in the Otago, Otago Daily Times from New Zealand, suggested that the mystery airship sightings then being reported in that country were due to Martian atomic-powered spaceships. Okay. This is crazy how, like, Mars was the... Uh, it's always Mars. ...was, like, the focus. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just really funny. Um, Another culprit is the planet Venus. Yeah. This was my favorite. Yeah, that ain't from Mars. That's from Venus. Now, that ain't no airship. That's a planet, you idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> a lot of people are like, yeah, dummies are just looking at planet They're Venus. They're just looking at the sky. <sighs> Which makes no sense to me. I know, I know. I see planets like all the time, all the time, every on the day. way to work. I look at a planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on one all the time. Well, it's like, not, not ever have one of those been. I'm like, no, oh, that's a bright star. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's a planet. That a but UFO? not like, that is guaranteed to be a UFO. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't move hardly at all. Apparently, at the time the sighting started, it was really prominent in the sky. Oh. You know how Venus, Venus can be really yeah. bright. It can. Um, and when the sighting stopped, it was becoming increasingly less visible. I just don't know how you see a star and that then... That spotlight's right at me. Oh, my gosh. I see a naked lady. Naked guy. <laughs> what is it? <Yeah. laughs> I just... Get your heifers. Get your heifers. Honey, yeah. go get the heifers back in. Yeah, get that pranky bulldog. Get him by my side. Heel, buddy, heel. <laughs> Where's that Houdini? <laughs> That little son of a, <laughs> son of a bee, <laughs> tricking everybody in town. <laughs> probably gonna jump out to scare He's me. Probably any flying minute. in their ship right now. Ah, Venus, <laughs> hate it. Um, so, anyways, that was another one, but that's stupid. Yeah. Ask me. I agree. <laughs> that's not a good one. But that one's yeah. super stupid. So that's it. That's the gentleman's yeah. UFO. I like. I like the to visualize mm -hmm. like how those would have looked. Yeah. Like, I totally picture like the steampunk looking stuff. Yeah, for sure. Which is cool. That's yeah, very cool. But I love it's like if that was the same alien technology, boy have they made way more advances than we have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jump huh? from these little airships to like super lightning fast yeah. UFOs. Mm. The gravity defined. We have done poorly in UAPs. our advancement. Yeah. So all right, so we got a few things we want to talk about. The number one thing is the black beard fire starters. Oh, yeah, black beard. Arrgh. So these are cool. These are brand new fire plugs. Cam says you put these in your ear. <laughs> yeah. And that's good. That's good. That's good. You can travel with them in your ear. I can't wait to try these out because their other fire starters are great. They and do, if, they make really good stuff. We actually have a link. You can tell this all like this is gonna give you a ton of... 100 years of fire. <laughs> Seriously. Pretty sure. Because if you just break a piece off and fray it, man, yeah. you're going to be burning like crazy. Um, so we actually have a, a Blackbeard Fire link that gives you 10% off. So if you want to check out the link in all of our um, bios in Instagram and Facebook and everything, you can go there and you're going to get a nice little discount. Even better. They're you scentless. Know? Yeah. I love the non-smelly stuff. Me too. I hate when you're like, man, that smells like pure gas. Yeah. The other one, we got Bastion Gear sent us a knife, you guys, to check out. Thank you, Bastion. Yeah, no kidding. Bastion? The Bastion. They're the French. This is a freaking beast. Yeah, what's it, that one called? I forget. The Brazil? It's a knife. <laughs> sharp is sharp. <laughs> it's called a knife. This is the Braza. 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 Man, it's got some good weight to it. Yeah, pretty excited they, about they that. They build really good knives. Like, they really often do. Often I carry a, a Bastion because I of do the, too. Such a nice flipper, like ooh, ooh, one of the best I've ever felt. Feels good. Built out of airship material, mm -hmm. canvas, canvas, <laughs> pure heifer <laughs> leather. 
two-year-old-aged heifer lever. <laughs> lever. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We got the latest battle box as well. Mission 90. Good gosh. Wow, really? 90. That's crazy. First item. In a box. Atwood Rope Mini Tiered Turd Micro Cord Dispenser. <laughs> Mighty turd. Um, I actually use... I have another one of these. Are you lying? I use it all the time. No, yeah, I, I got one too. Put that in your newspaper. <laughs> no, they uh, quote me on it. It's super nice because CP hard. You know what I use it most for? Tying a tarp down when I take yeah. stuff to the dump. Mm-hmm. And that's why. I, but the little the little dispensers, awesome. It is kind of cool, and you huh? can't slice your finger open like some of the other. I know. Then we got the Charlotte's Web Custom Camp Organizer. <clears throat> uh, say you had it in your hand just barely. Did I? Yeah, you put it uh, down. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> Charlotte's webbing. Yeah, there you go. Um, I thought you just said camp organ. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That'd be so sweet. <laughs> Keep the music going. Yeah. Then we got the Toadfish 10 ounce rocks tumbler. Pretty cool. Yeah, like you can't spill it. Oh, is it this one? Yeah, you can't spill it. No, it's the same brand. It is the same brand, but that's the tumbler. Look at this. I just put it on there if you're watching the video. Yeah. Can't spill it. That is way That's great for like a boat. Yeah. Know what I mean? Or an airship. Or an airship. (laughs) 100%. Think right. Don't worry. I got toadfish. (laughs) I got toadfish. We can go all the way to Mars in this bad boy and I'll still have a cold drink. (laughs) (laughs) You get in that zero gravity, you lose your cups all the time. Yeah. My Pepsi's all over the place. Um, Then we got the Pure Bag and P&G Combo. There it is. Great for water. Makes I actually walk. do like these little collapsible bags. They're cool. I use one to fill. Um, we have a little uh, air conditioner swamp cooler thing, mm-hmm. and I use our collapsible uh, water container. So there's another one. That'll be great. That's cool. Then we got the Toadfish Stowaway Filet System. This is cool. So it has a uh, a folding fillet knife, which is cool. Then it has a cutting board, and then a case that goes around. Oh, that's it. the knife. Huh? Yeah, and it all comes together. That's one cool. Beautiful little package. And a sharpener? No, no sharpener. But it has the knife, it has the case, and it has the board. That's a sharpener right there. Oh, does it? Oh, that's cool. I it's didn't built know that. into the board. That's pretty cool. Then he mentioned that. Yeah, they don't even put that on there. Stowaway cutting board. That's yeah. pretty freaking cool. That is cool. And then the last item, which is a sweet little EDC knife, is the Summit Knife Co. Mount Olympus Folder. It has just got these really cool, um, like, they're almost like brass hardware on it, which to me is just always sexy. <clears throat> a great oh, little like, gentleman's folder. I you do know? like the uh, brass. Yeah. This is a steampunk knife if I've ever yeah, seen Yeah, that, that's an airship EDC if I ever saw one. <laughs> that is. You know? Man, that is good looking. Yeah, it's a great, great looking knife. And it's like a good size. For an EDC, this is the size it's I prefer. sleek. It didn't have a bunch of yeah. protruding. The only thing I don't is I like to have a flipper on them. And I know it's got the little the thumb. I like the flipper too. That I like a flipper. But that's good looking. Yeah. That's the light, latest battle box. Use our code casual preppers. What's this? It's in there. That's oh, the case. The that's the case. For it. Thing. Mm-hmm. Man, they're pretty good at finding stuff you would never think of. Absolutely. Like I would never think of a foldable, you foldable thingy. You wouldn't in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, you, you ain't will. smart enough to come up with that You're stuff. not going to do it. You're going to have to have them do it. So. <laughs> All 
That's truth. That's all we got today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, just get off your lazy butt and go. Just hit subscribe. You're, you already took your headphones off. I'm done. Off. I'm out of here. <laughs> You're done. All right, guys. Thanks, and uh, stay survived. <laughs>